Major support for Out to Lunch on WWNO provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with more than 375 attorneys and offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com, and from Iberia Bank, offering comprehensive banking services designed to meet the needs of consumer, small business, and commercial clients, serving Louisiana clients for 100 128 years and now serving a regional base with a commitment to developing people and investing in its communities. IberiaBank.com. Additional support comes from Luba Workers Comp and 30 North Investments. From Commander's Palace Restaurant in the Garden District in New Orleans, we're out to lunch with Peter Raschuti. Peter Raschuti is Tulane University's A.B. Freeman School of Business professor and economist. It's business, New Orleans style. Hi, I'm Peter Raschuti. Welcome to Out to Lunch. We're all familiar with the inspiring biography of Steve Jobs. Steve started out in his garage and ended up with the biggest company in the world. We know similar tales of Ray Kroc turning a single hamburger joint into McDonald's and Sam Walton's Arkansas store that became Walmart. The stories of successful businesses like these are mostly written by publicists. In their repeated telling, they become romanticized, and the thumbnail sketches mostly omit details like, where do they get the money from to finance this business? When you're starting out, one of the biggest hurdles to success is paying for rent and groceries before your business starts to make a profit. In New Orleans, you may be able to get some help with that. The NOLA Angel Network is a group of folks that have been successful themselves and are prepared to invest in new companies at the very beginning of their life. Scott Whitaker is an angel investor and a member of the board of NOLA Angel Network. Scott, welcome out to lunch. Happy to be here, Peter. Glad you're Thank going. you for having me. Oh, I'm glad you're with us. Maybe you, maybe you don't have a brilliant business idea that's going to change the world. Maybe you have a regular business or even a church or a school, but you don't have an MBA and you don't know much about growing a business. That's where Tripwise can help. Tripwise can be your chief operating officer, chief financial officer, or chief marketing officer. They'll grow your business using entrepreneurial innovation while you stick to doing what you're good at. The founder and managing director of Trepwise is Kevin Wilkins. Kevin, welcome out to lunch. Hey, Peter, it's good to be here. Thanks for having me. Great. Now, Scott, over the past few years, we've seen New Orleans change from being a place that people leave if they want to make it to a city people move to for entrepreneurial opportunities. So it makes sense that there would also be investors here looking for new opportunities. What is perhaps more surprising is that your group of Louisiana angel investors is reportedly one of the fastest growing angel investment groups of all time. What's going on? Have we really reached a level here that's comparable to Silicon Valley or in New York? Not yet. Not yet. Uh, we're coming. working on it though. We're, we, are, we are working on it. Uh, it is exciting times here in New Orleans when it comes to uh, entrepreneurial spirit, entrepreneurism, uh, and uh, and then investors and, and access to capital. You said that the, for years and years, people left New Orleans in order to start their business, raise the capital, find the money in order to get launched. Uh, now they're staying here, and the big difference is now there's access to capital. It's starting to be access to capital. We're still a long way away from uh, what Silicon Valley is uh, in the technology area or what Boston, for example, is in the biotech uh, area. But uh, we are making great strides, and the fact that the NOLA Angel Network is one of the fastest growing, well, 
take that back. It is the fastest growing angel network in the United States. Uh, we've been um, started 18 months ago, and uh, we're right at 120 members or so uh, right now, and these are all accredited investors with uh, capital they look to deploy to help um, startup companies uh, grow and prosper. But tell me uh, how it works with an angel investor. Like, you're here, I assume under that suit you do not have wings or anything like that. What is this about? Yeah, I keep my halo uh, <laughs> hidden, uh, uh, but uh, it, uh, what an angel investor simply is, is an investor who is willing to uh, take a risk on a startup stage company. Uh, once a company is already established and is profitable and has a lot of promise to it, then there are venture capitalists, private equity, and other types of investment channels that you could go to, including regular bank debt, for example. But when you're a startup company and you might not have anything but an idea, it's hard to find the money. And uh, usually an uh, entrepreneur with an idea will get started uh, by what we call bootstrapping, which, which is- sometimes friends and family. It's friends and, and family, credit cards. Credit cards and, 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 right, exactly, and <laughs> however you could beg, borrow, I don't want to say steal, but uh, right. you know, they'll, they'll uh, raise the money any way they can to, to, to get it going, and, and once they've taken it as far as they can with bootstrapping, they need the next level, and that's where the angels come in. Now, Kevin, one of the pieces of wisdom we hear about taking a business to another level is that business owner, they need to learn the difference between working in their business and working on their business. For someone who might be a great cook or a dentist, uh, that's probably not easy. I, I believe that's where Trepwise comes in. You become the partner with the Harvard MBA that small business owners wish they had. Is this a model that exists in other cities or did you create it? Well, it's interesting, Peter. We, um, we are very much, I call ourselves an impact consulting company. So we actually roll up our sleeves, meet the entrepreneurs where they are, and really help them get it done. Uh, we're not theoretical, we're not academic, we don't do fancy presentations. You just throw around the Harvard MBA. It's, much, <laughs> <laughs> it's much more um, of a practical approach. And I think that that's what New Orleans is looking for right now. What do you take, uh, take in? Do you take a, an equity position? Do you charge them a fee? Uh, how does that work? So it's fee for service. Um, we actually work with both nonprofits and for-profits. 40% of our base is nonprofit oriented, 60% uh, is for-profit. Um, and the, and the, the acumen that we bring is much more of a business lens. So I often say we're industry agnostic. In the nonprofit space, often it's about sustainability and how can we use innovation to help diversify revenue streams so they're less dependent on grants and perhaps we can create some earned revenue concepts. In the for-profit space, it's about scale. So these companies are doing really well. Um, when you were small and you, you made the donuts a certain way, you could do it right. in the kitchen and you could sell them in the front room. But when you have seven new locations, you have to make the donuts differently. So what type of operational infrastructure do you need to build? I often say that these entrepreneurs are making a huge promise. They see a problem in the marketplace and they've come up with a really innovative solution and that's what we call their promise. As they grow, their promise doesn't change but how they deliver their promise is going to have to change in order to achieve scale. Now, Kevin, what about, uh, you must have clients that are prospective clients that come in. You don't take them all. What do you look for in one that's going to work for you? So, you're right. We, um, we don't take them all. Uh, the criteria is pretty straightforward. Do we believe in the entrepreneur, first and foremost? Do we believe that their insight is really compelling? Is the problem that they're trying to solve real? And is it big? Do we believe that they have an innovative solution? And then finally, do we believe that we can help them? And if you meet that four checklist across both the nonprofit space and for-profit space, then we will take you on as a client. And how long would your engagement last? 
our engagements tend to last pretty long. You know, they, I structure them usually depending on the scope from anywhere to four to six months, depending on what they need. Uh, but oftentimes, you know, if the companies or the organizations see the value, they tend to keep us around um, for, to, to continually evolve their model. So our average client is probably around 12 months. Wow, now Scott, where does the money come from in the, in the angel investors? Is, uh, I would, Mana from Heaven, of course, you know, yeah. works pretty well here in the analogy, but they, uh, what? Angel investing is private money, uh, and uh, an angel is uh, a, a, an accredited investor. Now, accredited investor is a legal term, uh, and that's a, a term uh, that, that, means that is set. you know you lose it, all your money? It, it, it means that you've got <laughs> eno enough <laughs> money <laughs> that the government doesn't have to protect you from losing it. Oh, is, okay, is, uh, all right. A good way that's to, a, good a good way to think of it. Uh, and and, and <laughs> yeah, the definition of a credit investor is set by the SEC, the Securities and Exchange Commission. It's really wealth and income. Uh, it, it, it's a um, um, million dollars worth of uh, net worth excluding your home. Uh, or $200,000 or $300,000 a year of income for, uh, depending on if you're married, uh, for three years. And wow. uh, so if you meet those criteria, then uh, you're allowed to um, invest without the protections that uh, non-accredited investors would have. But Scott, help, yeah. me, help me visually. You're, so the Angel Network gets together at a round table like this, yeah. and uh, is it like a poker game? Y'all put some money in? <laughs> no, <and laughs> no, it's not. The, the, the angel groups uh, <laughs> operate in different ways. One uh, can operate like a fund, where you have a fund manager, and the uh, angels would put their money into it, and then the fund manager makes the investment decisions. Okay. That's not how the NOLA Angel Network works. The the way the NOLA Angel Network works is every individual makes their own investment decisions. And so what we do is we have monthly meetings. And uh, before those monthly meetings, we have uh, screening teams. And the screening teams would screen prospective entrepreneurs uh, to present at the, at the monthly meetings. If you make it past the screening, and actually there's a pre-screening too, you make it past the screening team, you get to present at the monthly meeting. After the, and then there's a 15-minute uh, presentation, and then a Q&A uh, after that, and then the entrepreneur leaves, and we bat it around. Who wins when you, I'm, I guess everybody listening is thinking of Shark Tank, but I mean, how do you, uh, one of the things I get in trouble with in this is I, I sometimes get swayed by the, uh, the persuasion of the of the of the of the presentation itself, you know, because and you got to separate that from the idea. Right, exactly, and that's where the Angel Network really does. That's uh, one of the benefits of being uh, in the Angel Network, is there is a very disciplined approach. Uh, in the Angel Network and uh, started describing about the presentation. That's just the first presentation. Uh, if there's enough interest among the group to go further, the investment decision is not made at the first presentation. There's a due diligence team that's formed and then we do a very disciplined due diligence process over the next 30 days uh, on the, uh, the company, the entrepreneur, the market, the product, the market oh. potential. Uh, all the things we feel are important to investment decision, and then that due diligence team presents at the following month's meeting the results. And it's only after that presentation that the investment decision is made, either yes or no, and how much. Uh, and each, each uh, angel in the network gets to make their own investment decision as to whether they invest in any particular deal and how much they want to invest in any particular deal. 
And, and we often we often actually help clients get ready for that process. Oh so yeah, that would make how sense. How do they package themselves? How do they tell their story? How do they get organized for due diligence? Because it's quite a rigorous process that the Norla Angels um, Network has in place. And the same thing if they <coughs> had to go make a bank presentation. Absolutely. Yeah, they're bank presentation very or or if they're pursuing venture capital. Wow. Now, now tell me, what do you guys take? Like you take a fee for for the work you do. Correct. Um, do you guys take a piece of the action or? Well, that's what it's all about. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we, we'll, we'll invest in the company in return for an equity stake uh, in the company. Now, so most of us are familiar with investing in stocks and bonds, and they're they're liquid and you call a broker, but these are very illiquid investments. <laughs> right. Exactly. They're very liquid, <laughs> high-risk investments. So, you know, obviously the uh, the, the angels are looking for a high-growth uh, potential company and a high-return potential company, knowing that out of maybe 10 investments, you're only going to have five that make it, uh, it you know, and, and of those five, you'll have uh, three that maybe you might break even on or maybe get your money back or maybe not uh, uh, get all your money back, and you're looking for one or two. And that, that would really be a home hit, run. Hit the home run for on, on one or two out of ten, and uh, but it all makes it worthwhile. If you are disciplined in your approach, uh, the statistics show that uh, a portfolio of uh, startup company investments with a disciplined, due diligence-driven approach can return a 30% uh, per annum uh, you know, compounded uh, return on your investment, which is pretty good, but you do have to be disciplined and you have to be willing to lose that money every time you, you invest it, because it is a high-risk investment. Do the, um, the angels, do you ask for reporting like milestones? They have to come in every quarter to talk to you, or things like that? Well, the, the uh, part of uh, having equity in these uh, startup companies is, uh, you know, access to information and, and reporting requirements. So they don't necessarily come back to the angel group, but we will have uh, oftentimes a member of the investing group on the board or on the advisory board uh, that would uh, report back. And the company would have to give um, quarterly or annual, at least annual reports, uh, to all the investors, so you would have that as a typical term in the investment. Now, Kevin, let's say you've got a client, you're working with them, you think they've got a good idea, and they're going to make a presentation to either a bank or to Scott with the, with the Angel Network. What do you prep them for? Well, you want to make sure they're telling their story in the most compelling fashion. So do they have all the elements in place? Have they really distilled down the problem they're trying to solve? Is their solution innovative and defensible? How big is the marketplace and how are they going to win in the marketplace? Um, how, what's their revenue model and expense model? How are they going to make money at this? Where are the scalability levers? Um, why are they qualified to answer this problem? Why are they the ones that should be building this business? Uh, do they have the right organizational structure in place and the right people around them? So we make sure all the key components that an investor would be looking for um, starting with management and management team, um, are really capable of seeing through this vision. And is the vision compelling? And so Kevin, you've been to, through so many of these, you kind of can help them answer the questions before the questions are asked, right. I guess. Scott, Kevin, let's do a round of one quick question. These are questions that have come in from listeners. I'm going to ask you one each. I'll, I'll start with Scott. Um, here's a question from Zane Lendl. Zane says, I have an idea for an app that is original, and I think it would sell. It's going to cost $10,000 to get it billed, which I don't have, and neither do friends or family. The app is so simple that anyone could do this once they heard it. How do I get $10,000 without pitching my idea to people who could easily steal it? 
Well, that's a common issue that uh, people do face, and uh, the typical way that it's dealt with is through a confidentiality agreement or a non-disclosure agreement. Uh, you know, you would have that have your potential investor sign that uh, before you um, told them the idea. And obviously, uh, you would have to trust that person as well because there's no such thing as, as an ironclad uh, contract and people, uh, you know, can breach contracts. So you want to have some level of trust in the people that you're uh, dealing with, uh, but that's the way it's usually handled well, with a non-disclosure agreement. This is a good answer because I think a lot of people thought, darn, I, I would have to go through the patent process and protect it first. This is, this is a lot easier. Well, yeah, and and I don't know that the app would be patentable either. Oh, you yeah. know, there's the, yeah, there's there's certain things. Ideas are not patentable. Uh, they're not copyrightable. They're not protectable. Uh, you know, uh, although certain products or processes can be patented, uh, and uh, you know, original works can be copyrighted, and so you can get legal protection on those areas too. But just the idea for a business is not protectable. Kevin, this is from E.G. <coughs> Lehman, and E.G. says, I'm wary of consultants and self-proclaimed <laughs> experts. If, if people know how to make businesses successful, why don't they have their own businesses? Well, E.G., I totally hear you. I absolutely. I thought you were going to go with EG's I, throat. No, that was, no. I, was really forward to <laughs> I agree. There's a lot of consultants out there. And you often hear the expression, those who can't teach, you know? Right. So I would say it's not so much, I wouldn't cluster consultants as a category. I would actually look at what issues you're challenged with and who is the best advisor to really help you. And that advisor should have a track record, right? So in my situation, I've run many companies. I've done a lot of startups. So I've had that experience. Um, and actually, I established the company because I wanted to make an impact in New Orleans. So I wanted to kind of leverage my experience and give back in a, in a meaningful way. You know, but somebody like yourself, Kevin, would you, I, you know, you're, s you're so full of energy and so many ideas. This suits you better than maybe just a single company you were running, do you think? Right. I love working with diverse companies. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely love it. I love working with the, uh, the millennials who are moving here. I love the ideas that are being generated. There is so much passion in New Orleans right now. And we often said, and that's why I'm so excited about the New Orleans Angel Network, I often said that it's going to become real when New Orleans becomes an investable asset. Until that happens, it's still a lot of early, and it's still a lot of new. But what I'm seeing here, I've been here six years now. My wife is from New Orleans, so I married a woman who's from New Orleans. But it took us a while to get here. It's we in the brochure when you get married. Apparently so. A lot of people it. don't read it. So That's we moved, right. to, we moved right. here six years ago, <laughs> and I would argue that six years ago, New Orleans was not an investable asset. It was still early. Um, and I would argue it still is relatively early. People would not have been able to pay for our services six years ago. So I look at our company in a way as a leading indicator in terms of the traction that's going on in New Orleans right now. I look at the New mm -hmm. Orleans Angel Network as a leading indicator. Because what they've done is they've said, you know what, we can make New Orleans an investable assets. When local people begin investing, that's what the national people look for. So before you start getting yeah. national money coming on down here, um, whether it be angels or whether it be VC or private equity, they always ask, well, are locals investing? Six years ago, the answer was kind of no. Are you eating your own right. cooking? Is, uh, right, are you, eating, are you eating your own cooking? Yeah. Exactly. Scott Whitaker and Kevin right. Wilkins. Part of the change in the business climate here is organic, talented people moving here, but an equally important aspect is what some key people do when they get here. Kevin, you're a perfect example of the relatively recent arrival who is making an enormous impact on the city. Scott, you're part of the 
fabric of the legal and business environment in the city, but you're stepping up and contributing greatly to the new lay of the land, igniting new businesses. The result of your contributions are felt beyond New Orleans, across the state and the country. Thank you both for taking the time to join me on Out to Lunch. Well, thank, thank you, you Peter. I really appreciate it. Enjoyed it very much. Thank you. My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Scott Whitaker, angel investor and member of the board of the NOLA Angel Network, and Kevin Wilkins, the founder and managing director of Trepwise. You can find out more about Scott's angels and Kevin's wisdom by following the links on our websites. It's neworleans.com and wwno.org. Our show is recorded live over lunch at Commander's Palace in New Orleans. Commander's Palace serves lunch Monday through Friday, jazz brunch on Saturday and Sunday with live music, not six, but seven nights a week. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our researcher is Matthew Ellison. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. Mitch's music, including his latest record, Puzzle, is at MitchellForeman.com. You can get the show as a podcast. You can listen to past shows. You can even keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites, WWNO.org and itsneworleans.com. If you want to know what we look like, and frankly, guests are chosen by their looks, uh, <laughs> you can find photos from this show on our website and Facebook page. The photos were taken today by Allison Moon. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com and WWNO 89.9 FM. I'm Peter Raschuti. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Commander's Palace for more business, New Orleans and style on Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch on WWNO provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with more than 375 attorneys and offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com, and from Iberia Bank, offering comprehensive banking services designed to meet the needs of consumer, small business, and commercial clients, serving Louisiana clients for 100 128 years and now serving a regional base with a commitment to developing people and investing in its communities, iberiabank.com. Additional support comes from Luba Workers Comp and 30 North Investments.